Welcome to Pure Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 164. Yeah, an update episode. And these are awesome because we got a lot go- we got a lot going on in our life right now. Some That's good, true. some bad, some in between. And uh, we got a lot to to share about reselling and what's happening. And but recently, really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, so it's it just it's interesting because we're on episode one sixty four. Remember, I used to do the number things. Hmm. I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, one hundred and sixty four episodes. Like, like it's, it's done you get to that. a point where, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. So, but hey, I there there's a lot. Well, I don't know if there's a lot lot going on, but there are some major changes that are coming for eBay and Amazon. We'll talk about that a little bit. But before we do all that, what's going on in our lives? What's going on with you? Gosh, dude, there's so, so, so much. Um, so tomorrow I leave for my road thrift trip. So I'm traveling to multiple states. I'm going from California up through Utah and Colorado, then going down to Texas and then back. So I'll be going through Arizona on the way back and a few other places. So hitting up a lot of states and going to be stopping and thrifting along the way, visiting family along the way, uh, going to a couple of kind of little resorts and spending some family time. And a big part of this trip has been prepping for the trip. And I hate prepping for stuff like this. Like it almost makes it where it's not enjoyable until you finally get out there and can actually like when we have our couple days at the resorts and we're just relaxing, it's going to be so worth the prep. Uh, but there's a lot of things that we've had to do, right? Like one of them back in the day, I bought that trailer, right? That was, you know, several episodes ago. And unfortunately, there was a lot of things I wanted to do for and with the trailer that I just haven't had a chance. But um, I replaced tires on the trailer, uh, got a spare tire thing that I picked up at a garage sale that holds a spare tire. I bought a, like a little jack stand that wheels in the front. I put in D hooks inside so that I can fit my totes in. And the cool thing is this trailer, it's not a huge trailer, it's a small trailer, but it only it, it can hold 12 of the Costco black and yellow totes with several inches on the top, like, I don't know, probably a good six or seven inches on the top all the way across the whole thing um, that I can put more things. I'm only doing eight totes so that I have like a good chunk of space on the top that I can fit bigger or unusual uh, oblong items or whatever. Um, So I've installed the D hooks. And so I've got straps that hold those totes in place. And so I'm just really getting ready for this. Also, my forerunner, uh, it carries or it has a tow hitch on it, but it gets way worse gas mileage than my Subaru does. So we decided let's just get a, a hitch on the Subaru. We'll spend business money on getting this hitch on the Subaru and the money we save in gas will easily pay the hitch. So it it kind of is like we got a free hitch out of the deal. Um, so just kind of getting ready and prepping for this trip has been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of trying to make sure we have all the stuff ready. Do we have, we did, you know, are we gonna do Airbnb? Are we gonna, are we going to, get hotels do we want to be restrained to timelines do we just want to be kind of free-flowing in case we find some cool sales and places to go uh but i'm excited and in fact we've the last couple of days have had to record a lot of episodes so this is this is our fourth episode recording in two days and those will be releasing over the next couple of weeks and we'll probably do one episode on the road um so it's just been a lot of of prepping but it's exciting because it's all gonna hopefully pay off one of the things that was probably the most uh memorable um, other than my random story, which I'll share in a little bit, but one of the more memorable things uh, was my wife knows how to drive a trailer. She knows how to back up a trailer. I've never in my life driven a trailer before. Yeah. And so yesterday we went to an empty parking lot and I just spent time driving, backing it up, practicing, backing it up. 
And then we had to run errands. So I just drove the car and we ran all of our errands with the trailer. And so I had to figure out how to park, you know, find spaces. And so I kind of trial by fire. And at one point we went to put air in all of the tires of the trailer. And so we went to the gas station. I got Aaron and somebody decided they wanted to park right behind the trailer. Even though like I had to pull in in a weird spot. So it was a nightmare trying to back out. And I'm like frustrated, but I'm like, all right, this is, this is real life, right? Like I'm learning. And so I'm kind of ashamed to mention on the podcast, like I had to go practice, but everybody's got to practice if you don't know how to do something. At least you're practicing now than when you're out on the road. Exactly. Right. And so it's nice that my wife knows how to do it and she tends to drive more often than not anyways, because she gets really bad car sickness, but I don't want to be in a place where she has to drive always during this trip that I, I can jump on, I can drive and I'm confident and comfortable in parking. And that's one of the cool things that reselling has done is I've learned so many skills. I've learned so many new things, uh, just from doing this reselling, um, even a lot of the book review stuff we've done. And so, yeah, it's kind of cool just to reflect and see how far I've come. The fact that I own this trailer, we just put this hitch on our car. We've bought a lot of things for this trip in cash from the business account. And it's cool to be able to say over the last couple of years, building this has allowed me to buy these things in cash and not even have to worry about it. Yeah. And oh, I, I, hear you. I have, I, f- I firmly believe unless for whatever reason, I don't find anything the whole trip, which seems very unlikely that this is going to not only pay for the trip, but it's going to increase the, our, our capital we have available, you know? So it, it's just kind of cool to think that you can go do something like this. I mean, we, we've done a lot of interviews with people who, you know, they, they'll jump on an airplane, they'll fly to another country and they'll spend a couple of days there sourcing and it pays for the trip. Like that's so awesome. No, it, it's and again, it's things you would not have thought about until you started reselling. Yep. Right. I didn't even think about that. So, so that's good. Yeah. What about you? What's new with you? Uh. Well, real quick. I mean, we might as well talk about this. I mean, my car isn't working right now, right? And you know, we were just talking before the podcast about like, so glad for reselling because all that means is that I'm just gonna have to work a little bit. I mean, I already have the money to take care of it, and I got savings. Like we talk about totally money money makeover where cars breaking down aren't like a surprise, right? There's bound to break down. So you should always have a little bit allotted for that. Just frustrating when it happens. Right. But you, you know, I, I was planning on doing all this sourcing. So now I had to get a rental van and now I have to call AAA and, and thank goodness that Mike, you know, lives nearby and he was able to at least pick me up so we could record this podcast. Uh, but outside of all that, things have been good. Things have, things are still going to be good. The car is going to get fixed. I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. So I've been sourcing a lot of local deals. I, you know, I have, I'm finding that, you know, here in San Diego, we're reopening and I guess we're not reopening, but we're reopening. Like things keep going back and forth, but the thrift stores, man, I don't know. Have you been? Yeah, I went the other day and I picked up a couple of things. In fact, my bolo comes from that. I had one good find, but oh, good for you. It hasn't been many great things. And yeah, I think the local game has been where where the money's been. Yeah, right now. And on top of that, the prices at thrift stores have gone up. Okay, I'm not even here's the thing. So just give you a perspective of San Diego. So San Diego, they had to lay off a lot of people once the pandemic hit. And then on on top of that, they shut down a lot of stores. From everything I saw throughout the country, a lot of donations were coming in. But what I'm hearing is now there isn't people to process the donations. And then on top of that, I'm not sure why, but I've gone to a couple of stores that shall not be named and the prices have gone up. So give you an example, shirts that would be $5.99, $6.99, which is, you know, 
it's good for us here, which other people are like, what? We only pay like a dollar or two or three. Now they're like nine ninety nine yep. for a basic Hawaiian shirt, not rain spooner, not anything special. Nine ninety nine. I'm like, what? What is going on? Right. A and lot of places are trying to, I think, recoup all of the loss that they experienced. But that's only going to drive people away. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of a lot of companies think short term. Are people think yeah, short term? You have bad inventory and you're charging more. Like it doesn't make sense, right? So. I've I've gone a few, there a few times because sometimes you find stuff, but I I really have not. I'm surprised even your bolo is gonna come out of there because it's it's been rough. Now there's a couple stores here that we know that we do well on, and those are consistent. But it's just interesting. Now eBay arbitrage continues to pay off. Continues. I I to me, if it wasn't for the fact that I like the treasure hunt and like going out and finding stuff, I seriously could just stay home and just source all day. You you really really could. But I did run into uh, a scammer. Well, that happens. Which I don't know if you guys have ever gotten this, but sometimes like you'll buy something, and you're like, wow, that was a really good price. And then you look at their you know their feedback, and it's like zero feedback. And then on top of the zero feedback. Like they have like only a handful of sales and you're like, what, what, what is going on? Right. It like, why, why is this person selling this for cheap? So give you an example. This was for myself. So I got scammed for myself and I won the auction on like two colognes that usually I would pay like 50 bucks a piece. And I got them two for 50. I'm like what a deal. But I remember looking it up. They were half the cost of every other listing on there. So already my, you know, my shady alert came on, but I'm like, you know, maybe this person's just trying to offload stuff. Right. And so I bought them. I'm so excited. And right away, what do I get? Tracking, no tracking available. I'm like what? So they shipped it. Parcel. Is that how you say it? I always feel like I say that wrong. Is it parcel? Parcel. I parcel. Think that's how I say it. Am I, am I like pronounced like hooked on phonics yeah, style? You're really like parcel. Emphasizing parcel. Parcel. That's the way they say it in France. <laughs> All right, parcel. Okay. So I'm like, great. I'm not going to know. But it's like, oh, it'll arrive here on, you know, by July 6th. It never arrived. And then I get the eBay email, which I don't know when like eBay decides this, like that's an item that you want is no longer good. Right. Because you get this email. Am I, am I, can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. So I know Mike, if you're listening to the podcast, Mike is making sure that I'm, I'm on the mic. Yeah, it's, so. it's important. You talk, they work that way. Like you, you speak into it. No. Oh yeah. I know. Like Joe Rogan, right? When One you, fist away. When you speak away from it. it I know. I know. All right. All right. Okay. So you get this email. that says the item you want is no longer available. Hello. And they give you a store name. We're writing to let you know that we removed an item you recently won due to concerns with the seller's account. Since you've already paid for the item, you don't need to do anything else. If your item hasn't arrived yet, it should arrive soon. If it doesn't, then you'll want to open a case in your resolution center. You can learn how to do this. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, what? And this happened to me before. And I actually can't try to cancel myself. So there is this hot item that was selling. I think you can get them for like 30, 40 a piece and you can flip them for like 200. And somebody was selling them for th- like the cost. So I put in an order of like 50. Luckily, after I did that, I'm like, wait, wait, this is too good to be true. And I hit the cancel and it got canceled. And lo and behold, a couple of days later, I got the same email. So this is the scammers that we talk about. The ones that like, they sell a bunch of stuff, they bring in that money and then they close the account and they, they're ghosts, they're gone. So yeah, the item hasn't arrived. 
Yep. Yep. So, that happens. So I'm going to have to, but be careful. I mean, I, I shared this on Instagram. Like if an, something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Second, if they have no feedback and hardly any sales, I, I probably be, be careful. Yeah. I mean, I've even had that. I talked in a previous episode where it was a person who did have feedback and I bought, but it seemed too good to be true. So then I decided to dig into their feedback and they hadn't had feedback in like three years and only as a buyer. And they were selling like a whole bunch of stuff. That must have been a stealth. You know, there's stealth accounts. Some people buy stealth accounts to do that. Yeah. Either that or somebody got hacked, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's, well, you know, a, their, their email got hacked. And so somebody decided to do this. So yeah, the, these things happen. But the nice thing is when you're buying on eBay, there's a lot of protection for that. So if you get scammed, it's almost like you can... Do you have the capital where if it gets tied up for a few weeks, it's not going to destroy your business? Mm -hmm. If so, if it looks too good to be true, probably is. But if it's like, just in case, you could still do it and then get your refund from eBay and and move on with your life. Well, the reason I brought up that story was because it gave me the perspective of like, okay, this is why eBay has their money back guarantee, right? This is why they have buyer protections in place, right? The stuff that sometimes we get annoyed about, Right. I get upset like, hey, listen, I sold it. Everything was fine with it. I should be able to return it. Or why Why do I have to have, you know, when you're brand new, why do I have to have selling limits? Or why does PayPal not give me my money right away? And, you know, all these different things. It's because of these scenarios. Right. And now I feel comfortable because I'm like, hey, I bought this through eBay. eBay has the transaction on file. They obviously recognize that this person was a scammer. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get my money back. I'm not going to smell good for a long time, but it's all good. It works out. So anyways, that, that was kind of random You're story. You're not smell good for a long time? Yeah, because it was cologne. Ah, uh-huh, gotcha. Yeah, it was cologne. So, all right. Random stories. Um, So this kind of goes with um, the preparing for this trip. You know how sometimes you get excited because you save some money? Right? Oh, yeah. You think like, all right, you know, save some money. Um. Save some money on some tires. I was able to buy at the garage sale a thing that like holds up the the spare tire. And I got that for like $2 and normally it's like 30. And so there's a lot of times like, man, this is, this is a good day. I saved some money and I'm doing a lot of work on the trailer myself. And I'm thinking like, I'm doing this because, you know, I want to save money. And my son was helping me. And that's a lot of fun. You know, when you have a two and a half year old, you know, almost three year old, helping you with stuff because they're not a help at all. They're totally in the way, but like you just see the joy in their face yeah. while I'm like changing a tire and he's like helping push on the, on the little lug nut thing. <laughs> and, and he's just having a blast doing it. And so I'm working in the trailer and he ends up getting a hold of one of my screwdrivers. And he saw my wife earlier in the evening uh, while we were working on stuff, like ripping off the U-Haul sticker that they put on the back of, cause we got our, our hitch put on at U-Haul and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to advertise for them. You know, it looks tacky on there. So she scraped it off of the hitch and my son must have saw that. So he ends up getting a hold of my Ooh. screwdriver and he decides he's going to scrape stuff off the side of my car. That's what that was. I saw that today and I was going to bug you, you, but oh. I knew that, that you probably had, you know, it doesn't look like it was an accident. Yeah. I mean, it was an accident, but anyways, go ahead with this. Yeah. So basically my son keyed my, my wife's nice Subaru she loves nice cars. Like she always keeps her car clean. She wa- she washes her car a couple of times a week. Like it, she loves a nice, clean, good looking car. And my son decided to take the screwdriver and just kind of basically make some art on the side of the car with it. And so to think like, all right, man, I saved some money. And then just like, you know what? 
if I were to think about how much this is going to cost to fix, I lost a lot of money today, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, man, that kind of, and I feel like I'm the Debbie Downer in the sense of like a couple episodes ago, I had another update where I was like, man, something bad happened. Or, you know, you even mentioned like your car not starting it and things happen and, you know, you try and stay positive, but, uh, it's part of life. You, you move on, but man, it's so frustrating. Well, it's tough because you can't like get mad at your kid. He, right? he, what he, can you do? He didn't do it vindictively. You yeah, know? and he can't repay you. Yep. Like, you can't do forced labor. This like, is coming it, out of your allowance yeah, for the like, next 20 years. No, it, it, I trust me, my, my son did the same thing. I was at a garage sale and he somehow found a rock inside my car. And during the garage sale, he started screaming. You know, doing drawings on the windshield with that rock. Nice. And on some of the other windows. Luckily, the tint was super strong mm. and didn't get to the window on the tint side. But I still have that lovely reminder on my windshield. Yeah, so I get it. Uh, so um, I'll make some money on this trip. But the reality <laughs> is, if I were to count what, what it cost me, I'm probably just not going to fix it. Because, uh, you know, even going into the total money makeover you have options. Like I could spend a bunch of money to get this repainted or resurfaced or whatever needs to happen here. Maybe it's not tons, uh, but I think it would be tons of money for that. But, or I can live frugally and I cannot pay for it now. And I could just drive this car. That's no longer pristine. It doesn't look perfect. And I could save that money and start working on paying off student loan debts. And then eventually get another car or get it fixed and not have to worry about it. So now the kind of the bummer is I'm thinking about, man, getting this trailer and not only saving money, but just thinking how much money am I going to make on this trip? I'm going to pay for the trip. I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay. I'm going to hopefully be able to build some capital. And, and this is all what ifs. I'm still, you know, hoping that I can make money on the trip and, and get good stuff at, at thrift stores and garage sales along the way. But now it's like, if we weren't doing this trip, would he have gotten that screwdriver and drawn on my car? You know, so your mind goes there and ah, it's a bummer. No, I know. Trust me. it's I. I still see those scratches on my car all the time. So, okay. What about you? What's your random story? Well, I I got a couple. So the first one is, is a fail that turned into a win. And so I don't know if you guys remember, but I, this was, I don't know, six, seven months ago when I was in LA hanging out with Sell Quick Ship Quick, I had sourced this Lego Duplo set. It was like a Batman one and it was sealed. And I got at the store that shall not be named. And it was like five bucks. And I was pumped because it sells for like $100 brand new. And I did an IG live. So I'm like, hey, let's do an opening. Well, it, was, it wasn't like sealed. It was sealed by the store that shall not be named. Okay. So I thought we'd do an unboxing, right? And see if, is everything still in plastic? Is the manual in there? I was pretty pumped about this. And I did that IG live and we opened it and it was a bunch of pink mega blocks. It was complete failed. But what ended up happening as a result of that was I posted that and, you know, we had a certain one of our listeners or followers on Instagram contact us and go, hey, Orlando, I actually have that Lego set. And and I'm like, oh, you have it? What do you mean you have it? She's like, oh, yeah, no, I have it. My kids play with those Lego. My kids play with those Legos all the time. And so Clara on Instagram the underscore, not the, the period, nerdy period mom or the dot nerdy dot mom said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to sell this. So she went into her kids like pile of toys and started looking all through it. And, and she found wonder woman and she found Batman and she found all the pieces. And I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, yeah, I'm going to listen. I'm like, Hey, listen, I got this box and it's pretty mint. Let me just ship this to you. 
So, you know, she, she, you know, she gave me her address. I went to pirate ship. I sent her the box. So she got the box and it took a little bit because, you know, we get busy with life. So she almost found everything, but there was one like minifigure that she couldn't find. So she went on eBay, found the minifigure, bought that minifigure for $9, got it shipped. So she had the whole complete set and she had the box that I sent her. And she listed it on Mercari and it sold for in six days for $80 plus shipping. Nice. I don't know. I, I like that story. Like yeah. the, it was it was redeeming. Like my fail became her win. Yeah, maybe we just need to do that as a resale community. When you get, you know, things that are incomplete, you complete know, you, just, sets. you you offer it up. We'll we'll create our own platform where you just trade pieces. Like I need this piece, you have this piece, I'll give you the and you just, you know, or you put it into like a a, a like a big pot and everybody can pull what they need and it can be, you know, everyone sharing the love. But, but it's true. Like there, there's somebody out there and I have to contact her again, but that has seen me pick up flaw the items and goes, Hey, I do sewing. Like I, you know, I can give you a way better deal than the tailor that you take it to. Cause mm-hmm. my tailor, she charges like she knows me, but she charges me. She does a good job though. But that's that's one of the reasons I say it's always important to network with other resellers because you don't know what what strengths they have. I have somebody right now. If I come up with sports cards, I just call them up. Hey, what do you think of this deal? Right, these, these clothing. Hey, I'm gonna hit them up. I got these flawed items. I know you do your job well. Can I ship these to you? And they'll take care of it. Right here with the nerdy mom on Instagram. She saw the IG live. I communicated with her, and now the only people that lost out are her kids. But they probably don't even know because I can only imagine like searching like, yeah. you know, for those toys. So I've been there. So so that was great. Now, the other part is I've been having some random bundle sales on eBay, not Poshmark, eBay. And I, I think it's just because I, honestly, I don't know why. But my guess is, is that right now people are for whatever reason, wanting to buy stuff in one shot. Cause they don't know, like there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. So I had one where somebody wanted a set of backpacks. I shared this. Oh, well, I'm going to share part of this as a hustle of the week. And so on that one, there was a eBay global shipping order. And the problem with the eBay global shipping is that you can't, if every, if everything is bought separately, you can't always do combined shipping. Unless they put it in the cart first. If they put it in the cart first and then they pay for it, it ends up all combined shipping. But it's not always like that because I've had other people that will send me offers and I accept, 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 and then they pay and all ends up together. Right? But the reason I share this is because be willing to take an initial offer if it's lower. And especially if a person says, hey, I want to buy a few of these items, it's better to move that inventory than to hold on to it. So I'll give you one example of one of the bundles I had. Somebody offered me $20 for a Harley shirt that normally I would sell for, you know, 40 bucks. I mean, this, you know, the design on it and everything, and it's a hard one, hard one to find. It's not like, you know, super nice 3D emblem or anything. So they offered me 20 and I accepted. They offered me another 20. Then they offered me 15 and it was a tank top. I'm like, why not? Then they offered me another 20. And then they said, hey, can you throw in this other shirt? And this other shirt was all faded. They're like, can you do 15? I'm like, sure, why not? So they bought all five of these shirts. This was a global shipping order that went to Malaysia. right? And on top of that, they bought a leather jacket that went to Colorado. And I'm not sure why that is. So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Now, the other interesting part when I, I want to share one more quick thing is 
I, I almost like I, I was thinking this. I feel like I'm putting my hands like Smithers from The Simpsons, like mm. evil. Or like rubbing him together like yes. a, like a fly sitting on a yeah. piece of poop. I don't know about that. That's what they do. Like, okay, do they? All right. Okay. You should just jump on YouTube just to see Mike do that. Just to see Mike do that. So I was really annoyed. So I sold a pair of Nike stuff to an individual. They contact me. They're like, hey, it says delivered. I didn't get it. I'm like, well, okay, well... On my side, it shows delivered. You should contact your post office. And they're like, uh, actually, I can. I'm overseas. Now, if this was like 1995, I'd be like, okay, I get it. You know, long distance call or you don't have access to the internet. This is 2020. One, how do they know they didn't get it? Well, this this is the story. So, <laughs> so then I'm like, what's going on? So they were persistent. They messaged me. I'm like. I'm not going to answer you. Like, it got delivered. Like, why am I going to mess with you anymore? Then they sent another one. They sent me a direct link to the phone number of the post office. And they're like, hey, can you call them overseas? I'm like, so annoying. I ignored them. Then they opened the case. And I'm like, and the case was like, hey, da, da, da. So I'm like, fine. I called that post office. I'm like, hey, I have an item. I sent it. It says delivered. They're like, oh, yeah, it was accepted. But I, the issue may be that this is a reshipping company that this went to. Mm. drop shipper so if you guys don't know sometimes people that buy things international they buy from international stores that have warehouses in the u.s and so it's it's not that super detailed but what they do is they'll find they'll drop ship it so they'll buy something from you then they'll have that item shipped to that warehouse and that warehouse will ship it to that buyer but usually they charge a lot more usually there's a premium on shipping and so, yeah, this was a dropshipper. So I thought to myself, if I ever know it's a dropshipper, could I send an empty box? Not saying I would. Not saying I would. But technically, you could get away with it. Yeah, if you didn't. If you didn't. If have I didn't any, have any ethics, any, yes. Uh, morality of any kind. I know, but I'm just, well, okay, I don't know if it's that bad. But yeah, but you could, right? Because it's pretty well, bad. That's, that's stealing. Okay, I'm not saying I do it. This is why I told you, like, I contemplated this. Not like I would do it. I just was thinking about it, right? No one call me a snake. No one say anything. I, I, I just, I'm thinking out loud here. We all have thoughts that you know. You look back and you're like, yeah, I don't know why I thought about doing that. Should I rob that bank? Should Ooh. I? No, and I'm just joking. Oh, I don't man. have. Those, I don't have the thoughts. No, I have never had any handcuffs placed on me ever in my entire life. Okay, so just to be clear about things here. But I thought about that because in the end, like, that's it. They're done. And what more could they do? I mean, this person is overseas. So my guess is this is an overseas dropshipper and they're kind of stuck because the reshipping warehouse is saying, we don't know what you're talking about. I'm saying it got delivered. They're done. Like they have no choice. So let's say this was a VCR and I sent an empty box. Tracking shows delivered. Reshipping place says, no, we didn't get a VCR. I could call out the person. I could call eBay. Hey, this is a drop shipper. You're not supposed to be drop shipping. It's a bad scenario. That's why I'm always hesitant when people tell me, should I do drop shipping? Like you are trusting a lot of people along that supply chain that things are going to do. You're trusting the individual that you buy from. You are trusting the delivery. Then you are trusting that the buyer, right, is going to not know that you're a drop shipper. Right. And then on top of that, you're trusting that everything that was sent in initially 
is all good. Because if any of those break, it's a lot of follow up. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, all right. That's it. That's sorry. I'm not, I'm, that's not me. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. It's good stuff. All right. Are we ready for reseller topics? Yeah. Coming to you with the information that you needed and maybe didn't even know you needed, but you needed it. And we're going to give it to you because that's what we do on Pure Hustle Podcast. Rolando, take it away. Like my dropshipping story. Did, I have, did it bring any value? I don't know. But hey. it brought me value because I wanted to share. All right. So, hey, real quick, I want to give a shout out one more time. Uh, we did this on Instagram to Mary McQueen, who was on yeah. Dave Ramsey, debt-free, $49,000 and 75 cents. And she gave us a shout out. Yeah, that was show. super awesome. Was so cool. really proud of you, Mary. Thank you. I love the fact that you're on the comments, that you're always upbeat and positive. So thank you so much for shouting us out. And I think it's like perfect timing with our level up review, the total money makeover. Yeah, total money makeover. So if you are, you know, a listener to the podcast or you watch on YouTube and you're, you know, maybe stuck in a bunch of debt and you want to figure out how to get out and kind of get a, a, a handle on, on life and finances, uh, the Dave Ramsey book and program, Total Money Makeover, is amazing for that. And the reality is one of one of us, right? Mary was able to do this and she can say that the, the it worked and she's now debt free. What did you say? Forty nine thousand dollars. That's forty nine seventy five. Yeah, it's it, that's amazing. And so this isn't like some pie in the sky, you know, somebody telling you they can sell you a random course. These are people we know who are doing it and they're making it. So check out our, our coming up level up review. Uh, I think it'll be super helpful for you. And, you know, if you're if you were like Mary was or like I've been and other people have been where you're just swamped with debt, uh, you know, you can get out of it. And so um, I just I know how hard that was because I've done I've done the program. I mean, I still have student loan debts, but I got rid of all my consumer debt. And uh, I, I know I know how many sacrifices you have to make to make that happen. So congratulations. You did it. And you deserve you deserve the uh, the freedom that you now have. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. 
And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Agreed. Agreed. All right. eBay managed payments. It's dun, time. Dun, dun. So it's kind of interesting. I thought by July 15, you had to be ready to go, right? Did you already do the all the... Yeah. Okay. So it's a good thing because now eBay is saying the language changed from July 15 to starting in late July 2020. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, hopefully soon. My guess is that, you know, we'll by the end of July, we'll be good to go. But if you're, you haven't done this... This is a non-negotiable. Like there, there are no options here. If you want to sell on eBay, this is what you have to do. Unless, right? I don't know. Maybe the coin thing. I don't know if they changed that yet. But that was the one thing we talked about in a previous update episode where if you sell coins, initially it was like they're not going to allow coin selling if you do managed payments. And then they reversed a little bit and said, hey, if you sell coins, we won't force you into managed payments right away until we have that figured out. So that's the only thing. But Hey, make sure you have all this information. So you can find this all online. It's real easy if you just Google eBay managed payments, you know, registering, or if you go to your seller hub. But real quick, you're going to have to have your social security number or your EIN. You're going to have to have a bank. And we talked about this before about having a separate bank account, maybe because now this is going to be a business account, right? Because they ask you, is this a private business or is it a business <laughs> out there? Uh, and then... In the, in the end, this is supposed to help you because it's supposed to give you like a one one shot of like, hey, this is what all your final value fees are. It's There shouldn't be any surprises. I got a question. I don't think yeah. anybody, I don't know if I've heard anybody ask this about this. Okay. So I know a lot of new resellers, they kind of, you know, are able to get by and avoid some taxes for a little while. I'm not saying that anybody should do that, but... If you make under $20,000 on PayPal, PayPal doesn't send you, you know, the, what is it? W4? Um, they don't 1099 you. Yeah. yeah. W4 would be if you're employed. So they don't 1099 you if you don't make over $20,000 through PayPal. Managed payments doesn't go through PayPal, right? So if Correct. you were in the process and you didn't quite make that 20,000 and now you're moving into this and you make over 20,000 in the year, but it wasn't all on PayPal, are you not getting the 1099? And then the other thing is, is it the same with managed payment? Is it a $20,000 limit before you get a 1099? Or is it automatically you've given your EIN or your social security number, you've got a bank account, you're getting a 1099, even if you make $50? What's it going to look like? I think it goes straight to the IRS. You, you think that they're going to be reporting it no matter what? 100%. I mean, if they're asking for your social, I don't see why they wouldn't, you know? Mm. 
I mean, I know that that's going to, you know. So if you're not prepping for taxes, thinking that you aren't going to make that $20,000 and now it's managed payments. Again, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but it makes sense. Right. I mean, it, it is. It's been interesting that eBay has been able to go this long without requiring any of that. Right. Because I know a lot of people are upset that they ask for your Social Security. But I mean, you need your Social Security pretty much for anything. Right. It's very rare. Right. I mean, unless you're opening multiple Instagram accounts, like you don't need it. But if you go to a bank or you apply for a loan, like that's that's key information. If you're running a business on eBay. Right. It makes sense that they would ask for that. Now, there are those of you that do bookkeeping through GoDaddy. I posted this on Instagram, but GoDaddy bookkeeping has it set up now for managed payments. That's one of the reasons I was holding off on managed payments. But I think about a month ago they had it set up. So it's good to go there. So make sure to take care of things on that end so you can continue that bookkeeping on autopilot instead of having to go back and enter information. Nice. All right. Hey, we also have, uh, have you done USPS International Standard Delivery yet? No. No, neither have I. I'm still a globe. So anything we say, um, take it for a grain of salt. No, don't, no, but this is is straight from eBay. Okay. Well then take eBay at their word. No, so. Don't take my word for it. So we actually answered this question on our future uh, Q&A episode that's dropping this Sunday about what's the difference between international standard delivery and global shipping. But basically international standard delivery is a cheaper way to ship, but it doesn't have all the protections that eBay global shipping does. And this has to go directly to the person as eBay global shipping. You just got to get it to Kentucky. So just a heads up, if you're shipping to certain places, they limited actually the, the number of countries that you could send it to are lower. So make sure you check that in your listings. Uh, maybe they already kicked you off of international standard delivery. Maybe they didn't. But it's it's only it's only a handful of of countries, and the reason that they limited is it's the tracking. The tracking is a key component of international standard delivery. So check it out. Not very huge, but they basically they said USPS has reduced the number of countries providing electronic delivery confirmation services for first class international packages. So that's the other reason international standard delivery worked is that it gave you tracking for first class where. If you send on your own, usually the way that to get tracking in, in foreign countries was just through priority, right? So this was a more economic, it was a cheaper route. So there's a list of countries. It's about 15. It's not very many. Uh, I, I think there's more countries that you can do eBay global shipping with. But let's be honest, though. If, if these are the countries that actually have decent tracking, these are probably the countries that most items are being sold to, right? I like, can see that. Like they're probably... Other countries, I'm not saying that if, if, if your country's not on the, this list, it's not like a, a an A-list country. But what I am saying, though, is if these are the countries that the USPS says that we can trust with the tracking of items, then it's probably pretty similar with global shipping. Um, they're probably, it's, it's there's going to be some countries you just can't ship stuff to with the same kind of, of, of confidence. And so I would imagine of these 15 countries or so, however many there are there, that these are probably... 95% or 90% of international sales anyways are going to these countries. So I wouldn't imagine it would make a big difference on your total sales. And that's it about that. That's it. All right. So, hey, Amazon Prime Day, getting pushed back to October 5th tentatively. Which kind of defeats the whole purpose of Prime Day. Wasn't it kind of like <laughs> Christmas in June or July was kind of the yeah. idea of Prime Day? This uh, is weird. And they're pushing it back to basically Q4 here. So... um yeah, but again, it, how bad would that look, I think, marketing? Because that's what they really got to be thinking is right now we've already put so many limits. Things are are 
we're trying to make sure only essentials are getting out or that those are getting the priority. And then all of a sudden you're promoting like a holiday about buying when the economy and a lot of people are out of work. I think, I think it just looks bad. Yeah. And so I think that they're trying to be wise here and saying, Hey, we want to have prime day because people look forward to it and we make a lot of money on it. But the optics of doing prime day in the middle of a pandemic probably isn't so great. Yeah. And the the key thing is I was reading the reports. There's a bunch of news reports about it was they, I think there was a concern that they would be overwhelmed. Right. And then they would have major problem. And even right now, I even right now, I I'm still doing merchant fulfilled. And which is kind of scary right now with my car breaking down. Cause I've just had some sales and I'm like, Oh, all right. Hopefully we can figure this out. But Right. Let's say they did Prime Day and there's lockdowns happening again. Right. In California, we've locked down some areas and other parts of the country. And so it would be. uh, Yeah, I think it'd be detrimental because there's an item actually the other day I was trying to buy and it's July, early July right now. And they said it wouldn't get to me till August 1st. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is not working. And there's other sellers that actually have tried to send in Amazon FBA and hasn't been checked in. And it's been about two weeks. So yeah, Amazon is still flooded. I mean, and we talked about last update episode about some UPS stores that haven't even been able to deliver because they have so much that people have to go to the store to do the pickup, which is kind of crazy. So, so yeah, so be aware that I'm still doing Merchant Fulfilled, uh, no matter what, even if I, I already rented a van for the next three days to take care of things. But I, I still think with Merchant Fulfilled or with eBay, you have the advantage. You know, Mike had shared... I don't know. No, you shared it in a future episode that we recorded how I shared this in the future. Yeah, you did. You did how you needed some kind of, t- some kind of, uh, tires for your trailer and you were able to get it for fast. you were, get it for faster. You're able to get it faster because you bought it on eBay. Yep. Quicker so, and cheaper. There you go. So we just ruined that story. No, it's okay. When you guys hear that story, just act surprised. Like, Oh, Wow. It's been tough. You know, we talked about it. Like we want to have guest hosts maybe next time to fill in while we're out. I think that'd be kind of fun. All right. So uh, a couple other things. I get, we got some East insider eBay info. Ooh, is this even legal? Are we allowed to do this? Well, we're not going to, sh- we're not going to share their, we're not going to share their name. Okay, so we're not going to dox them, but I mean like, is this like, are we, is, is this good? Should we be doing this? Cause yeah. eBay is listening. Well, okay. So remember I had talked about like, I wanted real data. Like I, like I kind of was pushing back on Mike that like eBay, how do we know it's only older people that are buying on eBay? Right. Maybe, maybe that's the perception that we have, but I I got some kind of data here. So this was somebody that was, I don't know if they were like fully employed, but they consulted with eBay. That's all I'm going to say with that. Okay. So, so they hit us up and they said, Basically, there was a campaign back in 2017 called to fill your cart with color. And and their goal was to, you know, reach out to two reasons. One, they wanted to reach out to a younger buyer. And the second one is they wanted to convince more people that eBay sold new items. Mm. Right. And I kind of feel like that's what CEO Devin Winnick was all about. Right. Do you remember eBay open? It was all like he never said it was Amazon, but it was like, we're going to do the buy it again. Wow. And we're also going to uh, do managed delivery, right? Which was supposed to be like FBA, but for eBay. And we're also going to allow you to sell more of a certain item. And we're not going to charge you for this. And it was, so maybe eBay shifting than that. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. So it said that part of this campaign is they looked at it and they said, large majority of our buyers are not young at all. 
right? The 18 to 25. They are older 35 to 44 and 45 to 55. And so they had to develop a whole campaign, right? To educate customers and let customers know that 80% of eBay's inventory is new and not used. So they struggled with that concept. And they also, they struggled with selling their platform for over a decade with trying to get these younger consumers. So now the problem is this is why the marketplace has been flooded with all these competitors because those different age ranges now have gone to Depop, have gone to Poshmark, have gone to Mercari. So I'm like, good. Thank you for validating. And and actually, if you look, I mean, this is legit. Yeah. Like this is the agreement right there. Yeah. Right. So this is, so this isn't some guy that randomly or gal that contacted us and made up a story. Like yeah. this is the real deal. Yeah. And, and even I just did a quick Google search um, of demographics of eBay buyers. And as of 2018, there's a lot of, I could probably pull up like more specific data, but just this one from 2018, uh, small bins, small biz trends says the eBay demographic is made up of 57% males, 47% females. And of those 35 to 49 year olds make up the largest group. Uh, so, and I'm sure you could probably break it down, but I would imagine that the smallest group is, yeah, probably the 16 to to 25. I don't know if that's the, the age where they cut it off, but I would imagine that that is, makes up the smallest number of people who use eBay. And even still, like I'm in my, my early thirties and I would have, if you would have asked me three years ago, does eBay get you new stuff on eBay? I would no, that's where you get used stuff. And I just think that probably of the population, because we've talked before, like eBay is, is kind of a cultural icon. Uh, you know, where'd you get the shirt? Got it on eBay. And and it's kind of, is known as the place you go to get the unique one-off used vintage stuff. And I think that that's probably what 99% of the population that knows what eBay is, thinks eBay is for. And there's probably a much smaller percentage that's like, yeah, you can get all kinds of brand new, new in tags. You can, that can be consistently where you go to get your detergent. You know, people don't think that way about eBay. So with that being said, I mean, there's, there's two ways to look at it. I like it because the stuff that I sell works with that demographic. Right. Right. I mean, I sell all kinds of Harley stuff, Hawaiian shirts, shoes, da, 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 da. But there may be a problem when those individuals, you know, grow up without eBay being their mainstay. Well, not only that, but just imagine, let's say you could, let's say you could increase the number of, of buyers on eBay. 50%, right? And they're only coming on to buy brand new stuff. They're like, wow, you can go on eBay and I can get my, I can get my toothpaste on eBay. I can get, I, I can get my, you know, my pots and pans that are brand new. All the things you would maybe go to Amazon, like, Hey, I could, I should check eBay cause they might have it cheaper. If you can get people on, even though that's not necessarily our demographic, they're also going to be looking at other stuff. The more often they're on eBay, the more they're like, Oh, check this thing out. And they might be willing to buy the garage sale items if they're on eBay, but if they never go on eBay, cause they don't think of it as an Amazon, like you can get similar things that you can get on Amazon on eBay. If they don't think that they're not on there and they're not seeing your items, the more eyes you can get on eBay, the more likely that you're going to get eyes on your specific item. So it would be good for them to capture not even just the younger generation, but if they can change the perspective that, Hey, we are an everything store, kind of like Amazon. We're different. We're not Amazon. We're not we we are we, we're connecting buyers and sellers. We're not our own store, but if if they can convince people that there are a lot of sellers out there that have things you're looking for, um, that would be good for us, even if it's not the niche that we sell in. Now I do trust with the new leadership at eBay. From everything I've seen, it's been really positive, 
and you know, with Jordan Sweetnam and Harry Temkin and the new CEO, like I've seen they're they're definitely pushing like the secondary market. I've seen a lot of that. And I, I think they're fully aware. I mean, I've even we've even had those seller check-ins we talk about and and you know, Harry Temkin has even shared, I think eBay opened how he helped his son sell like hype shoes and and all this. So I think they're aware. So my my hope is that over time things will change. I think their greatest focus because <laughs> this individual that contacted me said, Hey Orlando, you said that the only major changes have been like send offers and da da da. And yeah, I, I see that, but they, they've been focusing on the app. And actually the app, every time I go to the app, there's always a change. Sometimes it's just cosmetic. Like this last time, the buttons are, instead of being square, they have curved edges, mm. right? Which I like the square, but you know, there's different things. So I think they're putting in the work and you know, now that because of everything going on, if you look at e-commerce, just look at the stocks. Etsy has gone, they're, they're worth about, last I checked, over a hundred dollars. And like, yeah, but you can't do stocks that way. No, no. But the reason I'm saying that is it's usually stocks are a predictor of how businesses, what people believe about businesses, right? No, right. But what I'm saying, though, is that because it matters of how much a share is of the company. So a, a stock can be worth $5 yeah. and be a better company than a stock that's worth $500. No, I agree with that. For but the, sure. But people are believing that growth. So I'm looking at like eBay, eBay, since our last podcast, it was at 52. Now it's at like 57. So we could look at percentage growth as... Yeah. And Amazon just topped 3,000. <laughs> so, so... Obviously, people see the value and, and the reason that things are taking off is because e-commerce continues. Right. All right. So. So anyways, that was that. So thank you for the info. I always love it when people reach out to us with yeah. with great info. So. Insider information. We're not saying you're the no, one that whoa. called us with the uh, with the uh, um, that anonymous tip that we got last time. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Well, uh, that was more of a satire, but. I don't remember. Okay. All right. So this last one, I wanted to post this on Instagram, but I just thought that like, this is going to unleash people. So there is a new show coming on Andy. And whenever these things happen, it usually leads to higher prices, mm. more popularity, and it becomes difficult for people. Right now, before I even talk about this, I will say this. If Mike and I, I'm going to ask Mike, see what Mike says. Mike, if you and I were offered to do a show where we would go to garage sales, would you do it? I mean, it would probably depend on the deal, but I would say it's probably like a 95% chance that it would yeah. be a yes. I mean, it would have to be a sweet deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? For us to say, because, you know, we value ourselves. Yeah. But we would do it. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. I mean, why would I say no to that? We could be the Chip and Joanna Gaines of garage sales. <laughs> okay. Except that we're not, right. we're not married. But I, I, I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And, and a lot of people would say, well, you're not real resellers because da, 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 da. But it's like, no, actually, yeah, I'm a real reseller. But hey, if I can do something where I can get paid just the same amount or more without having to put in the same amount of work and have fun, like, why wouldn't I do it? Right? So, hey, if you're looking for any, if you need garage sale people, garage yeah. sale hunters, yeah. treasure hunters. It's us. You, you need PRSL podcast. Yeah. All so, right. Okay. Now, anyways, what is the show that's coming out? We All haven't right. even said it yet. So I said, so there's a show called Extreme Unboxing. Yeah. So let Extreme. me read what it says. Annie's Extreme Unboxing follows a group of larger than life personalities from across the country as they buy liquidated merchandise 
for pennies on the dollar and unbox it with hopes for big profits, risking their own money to bid on and win the best boxes, the best prices. Pallets are delivered to their homes for the big reveal. Each group digs through hundreds, sometimes thousands of items on the hunt for retail gold, whether it is one box and then the, you know, it keeps going on more. Da, da, da. So it's like storage wars. It's like, you know, uh, thrift hunter, I think thrift treasure. I can't remember what the, the thrift hunters. It's, it's like any of those shows. Right. And it's interesting because this has been the main way that a lot of people have been sourcing during the pandemic. Yeah. Right. And so there's four couples on this show or four groups of people. So I think a couple of them are teams and two of them are couples. And this is obviously going to affect the market. Right. But I don't, I'm not upset about it. Like I get it. I think, and maybe, maybe we've been tainted by social media. I, I, I would say years ago, I, this would have bothered me. Like, this is going to blow blow the lid on it. You know, people's business are going to be affected. And actually, I saw one of their YouTube previews, and they got a lot of comments like that on there. Like, why would you do this? You're ruining businesses for other people. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I mean, there there might be an influx of people who come into it, and then we, we know those people don't stick around. And maybe you do create some competition. But I, I just think this... Like, for the most part, if you think that what you're doing, the type of business you do, especially in today's day and age, is such a secret that nobody can find out about it, True. I think you just you just you, you're unaware because um, th- anybody can search how to scan books and buy books, and so you're not like keeping it a secret by not telling anybody. Those things can be found because there's companies who sell the programs to do it, and they want people to find it, right? So they're going to be making videos and and marketing their stuff. So. Um, this might hurt to an extent, but what if what if the liquidation places, what if they realize, hey, we've got an influx of people, we can start, you know, getting boxes out cheaper because we got to, you know, meet this new market. And so maybe it helps you. I don't know. And then the other thing too is it brings some validity to what we do, right? More and more people will see what you do and say, oh yeah, kind of like storage wars or kind of like extreme unboxing. It's like, yeah, that's what I do for a living. Yeah. And one of the couples, I mean, we know, I don't know them, but they're local. They're from Temecula, Steve and and, and uh, Steph, resale killers. Their YouTube channel, the biggest thing that they would always do is go dumpster diving. Mm. And they would get thousands, millions of views and, and pallets too. So good for them. Like, I, I'm happy for them. And so, yeah, and that's the thing. How many people actually last? Yeah. Right? I mean, we talked about this with Wade. You know, he does storage auctions, Wade's Ventures. And how when storage wars happen, like, all these people would show up. But eventually... People go away, right? Mark yeah. Meyer. You buy one pallet thing. and you're not a reseller and you try and do this and you try and actually figure out how to list this stuff. And I've got a store that now I have to ship this stuff. They're buying one pallet, right? I'd say 99% of the people are going to buy one pallet and they're done. And it doesn't mean that there won't be. I mean, there's the reason that I started reselling is because a couple of those shows. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be people that are going to, you know, become competition. But it's not going to be as many. I mean, and and... Listen, if those of you that sell pallets, you know, I mean, Lindy Glenn was telling us there's a lot of trash, mm. right? But there, there are scores in there. So maybe, maybe we'll have one of these individuals on the podcast. Yeah. It'd be sweet. We'll see what happens. So, cool. all right. That is it for reseller topics. Yeah. And, and again, thank you so much for uh, those of you who, uh, you know, 
uh, follow us on social media because I don't think we talked about that. Oh, yet. have I not brought that up? I'm so in the zone here. All right. Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pure Soul Podcast. And on Twitter, we are Pure Soul Cast. And if you want to ever leave us a call, 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. We'd love to play those on air. Mike and I do apologize on our future Q&A episode that drops Sunday. We weren't getting notifications for Google Voice. So the other day when we were doing the Q&A episode that drops on Sunday, there were all these Google voicemails that we didn't know were there. Yeah. So all the way from you, John Carlson, to Roanoke Collector, like, we just never heard them. Yeah. So Sorry. we sincerely apologize for and, that. And uh, we feel like we feel terrible because nobody likes being ghosted. We didn't do it on purpose. And uh, now we know that we have to... Uh, actually go in and check and can't rely on notifications because they don't come. We were like, man, nobody ever calls us. It's kind of sad. And then we open it up and it's like, you've got all of these voicemails. And we're like, oh, people have been calling. No wonder. No, that that was a uh, that was a real conversation Mike and I had. Like, man, if only we could get more people to call us. Not knowing the entire time we had calls. All right. I just feel really bad. Like there's a part of me that wanted to get back to some people. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. But it's like, yeah, it's like eight months after the fact. So all right. Hey, and by the way, if you're catching us on the podcast and you want to see on YouTube and catch some of Mike's journey, uh, you can go over to YouTube, subscribe to us, hit that bell notification so you don't miss those video drops. And thank you, everybody, for the donations, the T-shirts that are being bought and the reviews on YouTube. Is there YouTube reviews? No. Commenting Comments. on our YouTubes, but the reviews on our iTunes. Wanted to share uh, one of them real quick. I, it's kind of interesting with some of these because I'm like... Huh, people listen and they're not resellers. It's got a new one. So this one is from that guy who works in IT. Okay. And they said, love long format book reviews. I started listening to Pure Hustle a few weeks ago when Reezy Resales was on. I'm not in the reselling game, but love to learn about it and hear about the challenges around the reselling games. The real gem is Mike and Orlando. Thank you. No, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. The Real Gem is Mike and Orlando read business books Ah. and long format review them and relate the content back to reselling. Really enjoy it. Keep it up, guys. Nice. I'm glad people like the the level up reviews. This is one of those things where like, are people going to like this? Like all of this connects to life and reselling. But, you know, sometimes we kind of, you know, are focused on things that aren't necessarily like do this for your eBay business. And it's, it's just... How do you become a better person and build business in general or become financially secure? And so we're glad that people are taking those and, and enjoying them. I mean, we'll probably do some in the future about um, leadership. And it's like, well, I, I don't have any employees. What do I need to know about leadership? Well, actually a lot, right? These things can actually change who you are as a person. So um, we're glad that we can share it and that people are finding value in it. Agreed. Agreed. So thank you, guys. Thank you so much for the reviews. Really appreciate yeah. it. So, all right. It is time for... It's a, it's a, uh, I wanted to build up the uh, suspense there. <laughs> well, you got it. Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> you got the suspense. sometimes I push the soundboard button and, uh, and, and there's a delay or it just doesn't start. So I got to push it again. And on YouTube, I'm really, I'm uh, waiting. And, 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 and I love the awkwardness as Orlando's like holding his hand. Fist but up. anyways, it is time. Oh, sound can't be played. All right, let's try another one. Do you want me to just, I can, I can do the sound. We'll go old school. Yeah. I don't know what happened. What's your bolo? That's part of the new sound. What's your bolo? Yeah, we got our cool new bolo sound and uh, it didn't, it didn't play there. You know, what can, what can you do, man? Technology. Keeping it real. Technology. At least you had the backup bolo sound. Yeah. Always have a backup. (laughs) All right. Okay. So what's your bolo? What's your bolo? Um, 
So this is one I, I know for a fact I've actually done before, maybe not as a bolo, but I think as a bolo, at least as a hustle of the week. But I was at a thrift store the other day. I had to run to Harbor Freight and get some things from for the trailer. And I drove by a thrift store. So like, oh, I'm just going to stop in really quick. And lo and behold, looking through the shoe section and the shoes are very expensive for shoes that aren't worth much money. But I see a pair of shoes for $7.99. Shoes right next to them, are, they're charging $15, $18. These shoes, though, are specialized. It's the brand. Cycling shoes oh, with carbon this. fiber bottoms. $7.99. One of the cheapest pairs of shoes they had in there. And hands down, that is their most valuable pair of shoes that was in the store. Yeah. And it was one of their least... Price. So they they just had it priced. They they don't know. I mean, they charge way up on things they shouldn't be, and they didn't know that these shoes were worth money. And so I picked them up for $7.99 and I'm probably gonna be able to sell them for over a hundred. And so it's a bolo because a lot of people overlook cycling shoes. And from my experience, and it could just be that I don't know other brands, uh, but from my experience, road cycling shoes tend to do better than mountain bike cycling shoes. True. Um, occasionally you find some brands or some shoes, mountain bike. Uh, so how do people know the difference? Uh, well, I mean, usually it's pretty clear because the cycling shoes, the clip-in cycling shoes that are for like road bikes, um, have like a really smooth bottom. Sometimes they'll have the cleat on the bottom, uh, but they almost look, imagine like a bowling shoe, I guess is a way of describing it. Like okay. they don't look like tennis shoes or boots, right? They look, they're kind of, they're a unique look, right? Or maybe like a, a track sprinting shoe. They have their own look to them. Um, and you want to find the ones, the carbon fiber, not plastic on the bottom. So is it a metal bottom or is it, is it plastic bottom? The carbon fiber is going to be worth more, but mountain bike shoes, a lot of times look more like, like a boot or a tennis shoe, um, or like a hiking boot. And they actually have tread on the bottom. And then there's just a place that can clip into the, the, the pedal. So if you see shoes that look like shoes that just have a weird thing on the bottom that can fit into a bicycle, usually they're not worth as much. You should still look them up, but sometimes you find cycling shoes and they're they're worth money. So um, definitely keep an eye out. You're looking for specialized. You're looking for Shimano. You're looking for and, and again it depends because you can get. I have a pair of Shimano cycling uh, shoes for myself that I paid thirty bucks for, and they're plastic bottom, and they're just like they're they're run of the mill cheap ones. Uh, but you know you might be able to find some that are worth money if they're carbon fiber. They're they're pro level because there's a difference. Just like anything, there's a difference between like the consumer level and then like the pro level. Um, and if you can find the ones that are the serious people in the hobby use, you're going to get a lot of money for. So check out cycling shoes. Um, once you look, I mean, just look it up. If you don't know what cycling shoes look like, just, just YouTube or, or Google image cycling shoes. Once you've seen one, you understand what they look like and you'll be able to spot them from a mile away. You see them in the store like, Oh, those are cycling shoes. And a lot of times people don't realize they're worth money. And again, one of the reasons is it's such a specialized thing. Uh, no pun intended because the brand is specialized, but it's such a specialized thing there's a chance of somebody walking into that thrift store needing cycling shoes in that size is so small. But when you're on eBay, you can reach a much wider audience. Yep, agreed. I think that was, that was our first repeat bolo from episode three or something. That's not our first first repeat bolo. Yeah, you don't think so? Yeah, remember when we put that together- That was what I gave, I think, like years ago, two years ago. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I sold a pair that was like my big hustle the very first time I bought a pair That's for $4. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, yeah. but, but you can't say it's our first bolo because when we do our bolo compilation, there's been times you're like, man, we repeat some of these. That is true. That is true. And it's bound to happen. Yeah. It's bound to happen. I'm not dissing on you. I'm just saying like, 
It's bound to happen by episode 164. Yeah. And I'm just saying it's not the first. So, okay. All right. All right. All right. So, hey, mine is so I've talked about Hawaiian shirts before, but specifically these ones. I have not. No, about ones that are about events. Yeah, I think so. I have not talked about events. No. So, Sometimes, and I've shared before variants of this. I've shared before, like, hey, if you get a Hawaiian shirt, sometimes it's not only the brand that matters, it's the pattern. So if you have people that are Volkswagen collectors, if you can find stuff with Volkswagens on them, they're going to sell for good money. If you find ones with Corvettes, they can sell for good money, right? Sports themed ones, but event ones, right? Because events are harder to find. So I have found before, like, a Hawaiian shirts that are like WrestleMania. Right. You have the wrestling enthusiast and it may have only had so many of those that sold right here in San Diego. One of the big events we have is over the line, right? It's a sporting event. <laughs> I guess you can call it. It's more of a beer drinking event, but you know, it, it's, it's both worlds collide. Uh, but you know, those shirts you can only get when you're in San Diego. And so I've picked those up for like five bucks and I've sold them for about $50, right? Kentucky Derby here. Another big event that we Kentucky Derby is not big event San Diego, but something similar to it here. We have the Del Mar mm. horse races that happen and those Hawaiian shirts and usually sell very well in the summer. Cause that's when we have the event this year. It's been pushed back, I believe to late August. I can't remember the exact date, but those shirts sell well and they sell well at certain times of the year. And so keep an eye just because a brand now brand is important. Don't get me wrong. But just because the brand isn't a Rain Spooner or a Kahala or, you know, some higher end kind of brand, it doesn't mean that that shirt cannot sell for good money because maybe you can only get it in a certain region. And there might be somebody in another part of the country that lived, let's say, in San Diego or, you know, San Francisco, wherever it is. And they remember a certain event. They kind of want to rem- reminisce and they want that shirt. So keep an eye. Always do the research. Always look at comps. But uh yeah, I I just picked up a Del Mar one and I just thought I haven't shared this a lot because I have sold some really awesome San Diego based shirts that people want because they want their ties to San Diego and they'll pay 40 to 50 bucks for a shirt that cost, you know, five to seven dollars. So keep an eye. That is my bolo. It's good. It's good stuff. All right. What are you looking forward to? Um, you know, the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to be hanging out at home and relaxing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I, I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about my trip and hopefully, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to see some YouTube videos about it. Uh, but I guess of the trip, I mean, there's the personal things of the trip I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to going to Great Wolf Lodge. I'm looking forward to seeing family. Um, we got a nice Airbnb for a couple of days somewhere. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. But I think reselling related one of the things i'm looking forward to specifically is seeing inventory in different locations because what happens is you get if you're always shopping the same if you're always going to same watering holes you see the same stuff or you never see certain things like finding a patagonia here is is i almost never see patagonia in our thrift stores occasionally it's like oh here's one but but if it is it's really expensive when we went through colorado and utah man it was like every thrift store we went into, like every eighth item was a Patagonia item, right? And it's like, oh my goodness, there's so much money. I, know. I wish we had this here, but there might be certain things we have here that they don't have, right? So what I'm looking forward to is different cities, different states, and seeing what are the things they have here. Maybe it's an untapped market that nobody knows here they should be looking for, but because it's so rare where I'm at, you know, if I see a whole bunch of them, I'm going to know it's worth money, but people see them all the time. 
like you said, with, you know, event shirts, it's a good example. You might think like, oh, these are common. Everybody has these, right? But maybe it's really not that common. You just don't know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what other people have, what other states have, and uh, hopefully seeing cheaper prices. So. And the interesting thing that you bring up is that it's funny in San Diego all the time, like, you know, we have certain sports teams and their items are here and people don't pick them up because they're like, man, we see them everywhere. Mm But that doesn't mean like they're not worth something. Right. And so, you know, in your area, hopefully people aren't picking up that Patagonia and you can get that Patagucci and make that Gucci money. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I do miss. It. I mean, that, that was what was kind of nice when I went to Wisconsin on my trip was I'd go into stores and I think people just took for granted some of the stuff because they're like they would see it all the time. Where me, I'm like, I can't find red wing shoes or Danner boots ever when I'm sourcing here in California. So it's kind of nice. Nice. What are you looking forward to? Oh, so getting my car fixed. That's the first thing I'm doing after, after this podcast. Yep. So, but it's kind of interesting because I was going to do a major sourcing run and I actually ran out of space in my car. And so I now have to rent a van. It's just, it's going to have to happen. It is what it is. So I'm going to be maybe traveling over the next couple of days. I just got to, I got to see what I'm going to do. Uh, this kind of, you know, it's never nice when you you're expecting to make profit, but then you know that profit's gonna you know where it's gonna go first, mm-hmm. right? So even though I already had savings for it, you, I never like dipping into savings ever. Okay, so gonna do more merchant fulfill just because I'm anticipating that Amazon's gonna get they're already swamped again, and as you know, gyms are closing down and restaurants are closing down in parts of the country. It's very likely in the next few weeks we could be back where we were in March. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I hope not. I hope not at all. But, you know, I'm anticipating for that. So I'm going to keep doing merchant fulfilled. At least this is getting me prepped for Q4. Because I have talked about before where in Q4, all I did is FBA, but I feel like I left a lot of money on the table. I think now this is going to give me a great opportunity to be able to understand what I need to do even more on a grand scale. Because, you know, I had mentioned when I was in Wisconsin, I had like 100 items I had to ship out within 36 hours. That was work, mm. but I know what it entails. I know what it takes. It takes, you know, what it takes. The other part is I'm trying to get my eBay listings up to three thousand, and every time I jump a lot, I either have a good amount of sales, which is a great thing, or I get caught up on Amazon. So this is the this is a tough part I have. Like I do cross list to Poshmark. I cross list to Mercari, but it's getting tough. Yeah. Now, what this means is I probably need to hire somebody else and uh, scale up or I need a helper. And I know Mike loves it when I use that word helper. But the problem with that is, is that with the pandemic, like, how do you I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, things you got, it has to be somebody you trust, somebody that you're fine with. Da, 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 but it, it gets a little different. So. Who knows? We'll see where things go. If if MF really takes off for me, I may next by next podcast, our next update episode, have a discussion of the fact that I ended up, you know, because my helper has been looking for work. I just I've had so much time on my hands because can't go anywhere yeah. that I haven't needed it. But maybe maybe that time's coming. So maybe it's time to go back to that. So we'll see what happens. So, good stuff. So, wow. I feel like we flew through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think there's a lot of big things to talk about, but um what I would say is if you're listening right now and you're like, man, that was for an update episode, maybe a little short, you know, um, one of the reasons it was short is probably just because we did four episodes in two days. <laughs> but um, if you're feeling like, man, I'm missing me some Pure Hustle podcast, like I said, hopefully 
I've uploaded some YouTube's uh, videos, some YouTube's. I've uploaded some, some YouTube's to video. Um, I've uploaded some videos to YouTube about my trip over the next week or two. So jump on there. Um, jump on Instagram. You can hear a lot more stories about what's going on with Orlando and what's going on with me. Um, and so if you're feeling like, man, normally it's like an hour and a half and it was only an hour and 10 minutes. We have you know, failed. We're here for you. We're here for you another way. So uh, jump on, listen to some of our other episodes and uh, prepare for our upcoming level up review. If you uh, haven't gotten the book Total Money Makeover in a couple of weeks, we're going to have that episode drop. So uh, you know, there's there's things you can do to be a, a pure hustler even uh, even now. Yeah. But before we end, hey, listen, things are still going. So keep listening, keep sourcing. Who knows how long this will last? I say keep riding the wave because eventually that rate wave may eventually crash and things might slow down, but it's not stopping anytime soon. So, so keep hustling. Yeah. So with that being said, hey, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.